3: now, Del Monte Foods brings you a world of adventure with
4: Rocky Jordan. All right, you two, you're blocking the tambourine door. What do you want that's here? Like the Sphinx, Juba does not speak. Then you tell her to move along, you're bad for business. The streets are for those of Cairo. We stand here by our own right. Not when you scare away the customers. Take her to the other side of the street. Now, go on. Like the eternal Sphinx, Juba does not move. Look, you're not just sightseeing. What brings you?
5: What we come for, we will have. When we are ready and when the time is right.
4: For the last time, get out of here before I use other uh, Put that knife back.
5: It is for you to see. Like the falcon, Juba does not hesitate to kill.
3: Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Yes, Del Monte. The best-liked brand of canned fruits and vegetables in the whole wide world takes you now to the Café Tambourine in Cairo, gateway to the ancient East, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against a backdrop of antiquity. Tonight's Rocky Jordan story... Dilemma!
4: night was shaping up bad for business and good for trouble, thanks to a couple of burly white-robed natives planted right outside my tambourine door, feet wide apart, arms folded, waiting. For what, they wouldn't say, and I couldn't get rid of them. The nervous customers were soon gone, and no more came in. It was empty now, except for the blonde woman in a booth at the far side, American, well-dressed, mature, and attractive. With her was a little girl, six years or so, dark-haired and dark-eyed. They'd finished their meal long ago. And when they kept staying on, I decided to drop over. Everything all right here, lady? Well,
0: oh, yes, thank you. Quite all right.
4: Hello.
6: My name's Mina.
4: Oh, mine's Rocky Jordan. How are you, Mina?
6: I'm fine, thank you. Mother's taking me back to New York. Aren't you, Mother? Shh.
0: Yes, darling. When are we going? I explained everything to you, Mina. Not until tomorrow.
6: Nursey said I would like Cairo. But I think I like New York better. Don't you, mister?
4: Well, I guess they both have their points.
6: You're
7: American,
0: aren't you? That's right.
6: I see. Then maybe... Nursey showed me the pyramids, Mother, and the Nile River. She told me all about Egypt and about Cleopatra. Do you know how Cleopatra got in to see Caesar?
0: Hush, darling, please. You mustn't talk so much. In a rug.
4: Look, if those two natives out front concern you, I'll see that you get away safely.
0: Natives? I really hadn't noticed. Oh, no, I'm sure you don't have to bother.
4: Well, then maybe I can get you some more coffee.
0: Oh, yes, if you don't mind, a little... Uh, Mr. Jordan? Yes? I... I just remembered an errand. Would you mind watching Mina for a moment or two?
6: Mother, where are you going? I'll be
0: right back. And listen, stay right here. Stay here for Mother. Promise me.
6: I promise. Well, Mother... Goodbye,
0: Mina. Be a good girl, darling.
4: Oh, just a minute, lady. This is no place to leave a kid.
0: I'm sure she'll be all
7: right with you. Thank you, Mr. George. Lady!
4: She hurried to the door, made it out, and was gone. I didn't like it, but how do you stop somebody like that? After an hour's waiting, I'd begun to wish I had stopped her. Mina wasn't in any trouble, sound asleep now in the booth where she'd been left. When another hour had gone by, I knew something was wrong. I told Chris, my bartender, to lock up. Then I carried Mina to the cot in my office, picked up the phone for a call to headquarters.
7: Rocky! Come out here, Rocky!
4: I had the door open and was out into the cafe when the movement from the side and behind was too quick. Look out, Rocky! A silken cord dropped tight around my neck. Hey, do not move, sir, and you are safe. So now the two natives were inside, joined by a third who held Chris back up to the bar at knife point.
5: Now, Juba, get the child and take her carefully away.
4: Keep away from her, Juba. Silence!
5: We do not wish to wake the child. Hurry, Juba, and carry her gently. Uh, you know what this will get you? Not what the meddling Americani thinks.
4: Where's the mother now? Who sent you?
5: Good, Juba. The child still sleeps. Go now and deliver her quickly. And you, Effendi, you will be wise to remain here in your
4: tambourine and to forget. He yanked the cord tightly for a second, then let go. And by the time I had my breath back, he and his knife boy were out and gone.
7: Rocky,
3: they ran east up the hill.
4: I got to the sidewalk, but didn't follow their decoy. Far down the hill, the other way, the figure of Juba passed under a dim streetlight and round the corner. That's the way I went. When I turned the corner, he was out of sight. A familiar newsboy pointed down the Sharia lagoon, and I kept going, till I spotted Juba again as he turned into the court of a white house near the Nile. I didn't let up till I was through the court and slamming at the door. I got a quick answer. All right, don't try the knife, Juba. I'm coming in. Juba, where's there? I saw him standing beneath an archway in the hall, a tall, gaunt man wearing a closely clipped black beard and the fez of the upper-class Egyptian. He motioned Juba to the side.
8: Why do you enter my house in this manner?
4: Who are you? Rocky Jordan, Cafe Tambourine. That answer everything?
8: So it is
4: you, Mr. Jordan. Now look, whoever you are. I am Sakara Bey. All right, Sakara Bey. A little girl was just grabbed from my cafe. By your orders, Juba was seen bringing her
8: here. And of what possible interest is this affair to you?
4: The mother entrusted Mina to my care. That isn't enough. Kidnapping is.
8: Kidnapping, Mr. Jordan? I believe that you know quite differently. Ah, where's the girl? I'm taking her back to the cafe. Enter no further into this house. Sakara Bay? Uh, yes, Deborah. What is it?
9: I come to tell you that the child is well. She sleeps on her bed.
8: Do not leave her again. We will talk of this when Elhedron comes. Now return to the child. As you command. I think we'll all go. Sure, hold him. <clears throat> Mr. Jordan. For the sake of the child, I have used every means of keeping this
4: affair quiet. I'll explain it then, Sir Bay. I
8: see no reason to
4: explain anything to you. We'll see what the police have to say. I suggest then that you
8: go to the police, and at once. Silver.
4: You're Nick Charles, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Any
10: dame that's married to him has to be a good liar. How can I get in touch with Gilbert Rogers?
0: It's very simple, Mr. Larkin. Take the gun, put it to your head, and pull the trigger.
10: You mean... Rogers is dead.
0: Murdered. Who are you, anyway?
10: Never mind. I still think you know where that necklace is, and I'm going to find out.
0: Uh, are you going to kill me?
10: Maybe. First, I want to see if you've got that necklace on you.
0: Oh, really, Mr. Larkin? I couldn't hide anything that doesn't belong to me under this dress. You'd see that for yourself.
10: You're right. Mm -hmm. Okay, what did you do with it? Nothing? Don't give me that.
0: Please be, be, be careful with that gun. Nikki. Don't
10: reach for my any gun, brother. I'll let you have no it. Oh, you don't. Okay, don't
7: get switched up. Oh.
0: Nice work, Nora. What'd you hit him with? The telephone. Well, you better pick
2: it up, dear. I'll take his gun. Number
0: three. Oh, excuse it, operator. I've made my connection. Goodbye. Nikki, who's the dame? Um,
2: uh, Gilley's wife. Oh.
0: Uh, Mrs. Rogers, how do you do? I could do better. Who's he, dear? The live one or the dead one? The live one. Oh, well, he called himself Joe Larkin. The one on the floor is Mr. Pixie, a burned out torpedo. Get up, Larkin.
10: Uh, Don't shoot. Uh, Hello, Rita.
0: Hello. What were you doing with her?
10: Just trying to throw a scare into her. I
2: thought she knew where the necklace was. You two seem to know each other.
0: Joe's my dead husband's attorney.
2: No, will you cover them with a gun and search, Joe? I want to examine his body.
0: All right, dear. Strip, Mr. Larkin. Uh, i got skinny legs. No, never mind, then I'll just go through your pocket. Shall I search Mrs. Rogers, too? No, she hasn't got anything. How do you know?
2: Uh, what did you find in Larkin's pocket?
0: A yo-yo. Three salted peanuts. Oh, is that all you found? No, here's a telegram that reads, Dear Joe, still being trailed met Nora Charles, wife of famous detective on the train. She said she'd help me after I gave her the baloney about her looks. Hmm. We'll see Hugo Starnes tonight and follow your advice, Gil Rogers.
2: Very interesting. And so is this body. The shirt's been ripped open. There's a puncture in the back of the neck, just like Rogers' head. Nora Darling, why didn't you leave here after you phoned me? Well,
0: I couldn't. Starnes came back and knocked me out. You think Starnes is the killer?
2: We'll find out soon enough. I'm pretty sure he's got the jewels. I'm gonna have Starnes brought to our apartment.
0: How? By mental telepathy?
2: No, dear. When you left our apartment, I phoned the Continental Detective Agency and instructed them to have a man follow Starnes. They're also checking up on other angles of the case for me. Just phone the Continental and have their man pick up Starnes and deliver him to us. <laughs> What's the meaning of this? Am I being kidnapped? Shut up and sit down or I'll plaster your ears back, Mr. Starnes. Whose apartment is this? Mr. Nick Charles lives here, and I... Oh, hello, Mr. Charles. Hello, Shadow. Oh, I see you picked up Starnes. Uh, come in, Mrs. Rogers, Mr. Larkin.
0: Mr. Hugo Starnes, how nice to see you here. Do you know these other people?
2: never saw them before in my life. Shadow, did you search him? Yeah, here's his roster. Thanks. Find any jewelry on it? No, sir. No jewelry. What did you do with the Caprini necklace, Mr. Starnes? Oh, my dear fellow, I haven't the slightest idea of what you're
1: talking about.
2: Listen, Starnes. Gilbert Rogers has been murdered. Your boy Pixie's been bumped off, too. We have reason to believe you're responsible for both those murders. Don't be silly,
4: my good man. I dislike homicide. It's so illegal.
2: But I do know who killed both those men. Who? It was your wife, Nora Charles. Oh.
1: How did you find out, Hugo? You were the last person they both talked to. That accusation will stand in a court of law sooner than your accusation against me. She's the murderer. How'd I do it? I don't know. Poison, probably. Maybe you've got some on your fingernails. All you have to do is scratch some. Like this? No, no, don't! <laughs>
0: Stop it! Stop <laughs> You better be careful how you treat me, Nikki. I've got the oh. evil eye. <laughs> oh, Nikki, it's, it's Hugo. He collapsed.
2: No, oh, baby. He's dead.
0: Are you kidding? Nope. Oh, oh! I've really got the evil eye. you look at me. Make her stop looking at me, Mr. Charles. She'll kill me, too. Take
2: it easy, Mrs. Rogers. If Nora's looks could kill, I'd be an aging ghost by this time. Here's what killed him. A necklace. A Caprini necklace. Yes, it was around his neck, under his shirt.
7: There's a
0: curse on that necklace. Whoever wore it died.
2: Not a curse, Mrs. Rogers. A very tricky little clasp. There's a needle in the clasp controlled by a delayed action spring. The needle is hollow, filled with deadly poison. You see, Nora? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I suppose it was the kind of gift a man gives to his wife to sort of shut her up. Mm -hmm.
2: The men of the Renaissance had a very efficient way of solving their domestic problems. Mrs. Rogers, did you know about this?
0: No, this this is the first time I heard about it.
2: That's not so easy to believe.
0: I never wore the necklace. There was a curse on it. Then why were you so anxious to get it back? It belonged to me. I wanted to sell it. Can't accuse me of that murder. I didn't do it.
2: What do you know about this, Mr. Larkin? Nothing more than what you know. The puncture on the neck of the three dead men indicates that they all met their end the same way. They wore the
10: necklace. That looks like an accident to me, Mr. Charles. Perhaps that poison was in
2: the class ever since Renaissance time. No, Mr. Larkin. I have the Continental Agency check the history of that necklace. It was worn and admired by many people for centuries. No one was ever found dead with a necklace around his or her neck until tonight. That indicates only two people who might have put the poison there. Are you accusing me?
10: We
0: aren't neglecting Mrs. Rogers. I didn't kill well, him. That's
2: ridiculous. What lordy would I have? I don't know. But I do know Mrs. Rogers had a motive. put it mildly, her husband didn't appeal to her. Also, since the necklace was at one time in your possession, Mrs. Rogers, you had an opportunity of filling it with poison.
0: Did I? And how did I get him to hang it around his neck?
10: Maybe Mr. Martin knows. I don't. Besides, Rita wouldn't do a thing like that. Oh, no?
2: Larkin, just what did Rogers mean by the advice you mentioned in the telegram?
10: I told him to get out of town for a few days to get away from these people who were
2: trying to kill him. I have to do better than that, Larkin. You said he will follow your advice. That's in the future. Uh, well, I guess I'll tell you everything.
10: He wanted to come back to his wife, and I told him not to. I told him she hated him. Might even kill him. You sure. jerk. A fine value. Next time, ask
3: your grocer for Del Monte vacuum-pack golden whole kernel corn. Now we take you back to Cairo and tonight's Rocky Jordan story, The
4: I could have guessed it wasn't over for me when I saw Clara Najim last. And now I had some more to mull over as I drove to headquarters at Sam Sabaya's orders. Sakara Bey murdered, and the child that Clara had said she'd fight for, gone. Now, Sam was waiting for me in his office, and we went all over it again. Now, Jordan, when Mrs. Najim finally returned to your cafe, what did she tell you then? Only that she wanted the police left out of it. Very well. But it stands to reason that when she is found, the child will be with her. Look, you're not saying Clara did the killing. Can you suggest anyone else who might want the child, Jordan? Tell me something, Sam. What's this all about? Mm.
2: Will you come in, please?
4: Jordan, this is El Hedron, an attorney of Cairo.
1: A pleasure, Mr. Jordan. Hi,
4: El Hedron. Kindly tell Mr. Jordan the background of this case. I must go now to personally direct the search.
1: Well, El Hedron? How does it go? You uh, do not already know Mr. Jordan? No. Very well. Some years ago, a citizen of Egypt, Ahmed Najin, went to the United States in the diplomatic service. While there, he met and married a beautiful, wealthy woman of your country. Now, Mrs. Clara Najin.
4: Oh, well, that explains the dark-eyed girl.
1: Mina is Clara's daughter, then. She is. All went well with the Union until a few months ago when evidence came to Mr. Najim's attention that his wife had been unfaithful. That is a serious thing for one of our people. Where isn't it? Uh, Go on. So, a few weeks ago, the marriage broke up and then began the fight over their child, Mina. Mr. Najim was convinced by the evidence that Clara was no fit mother for the child. But she denied the testimony and demanded custody of the child. And it looked as though she was going to get it. Najima was uh, sure about his wife? The testimony was beyond question. So in face of a court injunction forbidding him to touch the child, he spirited Mina out of Egypt and into, uh, well, into Egypt, out of America, placing her now in the custody of his uncle, Sakara Bey. And then Clara came to get her daughter. Yes. Somehow she got the girl from Saqqara Bey's house. But he learned soon enough, and his servants trailed her to your cafe. He should have left it to the police. Now, wait a minute. Hold it, El Hedron. has not Clara a
4: perfect right to her own child?
1: Not so, Mr. Jordan. Technically, the child is a citizen of both countries. Born in America, but the daughter of an Egyptian citizen. While in Egypt, she is under the protection of our law. Ah, so that's it. It is a most delicate problem for the diplomatic officers of both countries. Truly a dilemma. How would you solve it, Mr. Jordan? I wouldn't know. So you see, if kidnapping is involved, only the mother is guilty of taking her own child. Where's the father now? He returned to his work in New York and was immediately arrested for his violation of your law. You're sure he's there now? Certainly. So Clara Najim has taken the last recourse. Murder. She is stupid to think that you can get the child out of Egypt now.
4: Oh, uh, just how do you fit in, Elhedra?
1: I represent Mr. Najim as attorney in behalf of his daughter. Now, uh, is there anything you wish to tell me? Yes, what do you mean by that? It is only that you are American, like Mrs. Najim. Uh, Captain Sabaya agrees that such a situation might offer temptations. Well, he's wrong. I don't know anything more. Then let me advise you to free yourself now, before you become too deeply involved.
4: Well, that was a new one. A strange diplomatic tangle and now murder, with an innocent child squarely in the middle. I left headquarters thinking about El Hedron's story... I found myself wandering back to Sakara Bay's White House by the Nile. I watched from across the street as the mourners went in till I noticed a figure moving from the side of the house, Child's Nurse Deborah, who turned quickly onto a narrow side street, keeping close to the walls. I decided on a word with her and caught up with her a block further on. Uh, Deborah, wait a minute. Who
1: called? Oh, you're trendy. Jordan, please, please, I must
4: go. I want you to tell me what went on in that house last night.
9: Captain Savaya can tell you. I
4: want it from you. Just what happened?
9: I I was with a child Mina at Sakara Bay's command. Late in the night I was awakened by a shot. I ran to Sakara Bey's study. He was on the floor, dying. Did
4: you see anybody there? Clara and Eugene, maybe?
9: Someone was leaving. I was afraid and did not follow Did you see her? No, I I knew it was best to return to the child. Uh, what then? When I got back to the room, Mina was gone. I do not know how or where.
4: Now, something else, Deborah. What are you running from?
9: I, I only wish to leave the house of death. Please, Effendi, I, I want nothing of murder. Deborah, get back. Ah! I
4: shoved her to the wall. The bullet ricocheted and sandstone sprayed into my eyes. I couldn't see a thing. All I could hear were Deborah's running footsteps. By the time I could clear my sight, Deborah was gone. Whether the shot had been for her or me, I wasn't sure, but I knew one thing. I'd been way too close to the answer. And if I wanted that close again, I'd have to find Clara Najim. I remembered her promise to Mina that they'd leave for New York that morning. By air, probably. So I made it to the airport in time for the New York plane scheduled to leave at 9.30, but Clara didn't show up. On a hunch, I tried the Central Cairo Railroad Station, just in time to see a woman, heavily veiled, stop at the ticket window. And as she hurried to the departure gate, I was there, waiting. Clara. What? For
0: Mr. Jordan.
4: Look, I've got to talk to you.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. The train's about to leave. Listen,
4: I know everything about your daughter and why you came after her. The police are looking for you, Clara.
0: I know that. To keep me from my own child. Well, I'm going away. What else can I do now?
4: Oh, wait a minute. Where have you been all this time?
0: Not where anyone could find me.
4: And
11: the uh, ladies. You are...
4: You are all
11: here tonight to see a demonstration of a submarine detector your government has asked me to work on. If my assistant will help me, we will proceed. Jean.
9: Oh, he, uh, he isn't here, Uncle.
11: He isn't? Well, no, no matter. Irwin, will, will you lend a hand here, please? Oh, gladly. What do you want me to do, Professor? I pull down the switch marked A. Yes, that is the one right there. Now? Yes, please. Right. Now, gentlemen, you will you notice how the needle fluctuates on this meter here. In just a moment, I will explain the purpose of that. Erwin, you throw in the next switch. You better... Oh! Look, look the light. They've
7: gone out. Erwin, Erwin, where are you? Come and try those lights.
9: Irwin.
2: Don't move, Nora. Don't anybody move. We've got a mask. Here, here you are,
9: sir. Oh, Nick. Oh, Steady, darling. He, he can't be. Irwin, isn't...
2: Yes, I'm afraid so, baby. Irwin has been electrocuted. <laughs> Nick, my job is to get a confession. If you or Nora talk out of turn, I'll spin you out of here so fast you'll feel like a yo-yo. We'll behave, Sergeant. All right, Smitty. Open them up.
9: Hello, Sylvia. No, Nora, I didn't do it. I didn't kill Irwin.
2: Listen, Miss Ranger, whatever your name is, none of this phony sob stuff is going to get you anyplace. It's too bad your little plan didn't go off like you expected.
9: What do you mean?
2: You were after the professor, weren't you?
9: I tell you, we didn't mean to kill anyone.
2: Just meant to frighten them a little, eh? Where's your accomplice?
9: I. I don't know what you're talking about. Nick, you believe me, don't you?
2: Tell me something, Sylvia. You claimed that you and Jean were sister and brother.
9: Oh, we. We are. You're
2: lying. His name isn't even Wanger.
9: Well, mine is.
2: Then you're not related.
9: Yes, we are. We're married.
2: Yeah? Sylvia, do you know where Jean is?
9: No. And even if I did, I wouldn't tell you. But don't you see, dear? If you don't, we can't but help you. I don't want your help. Gina, get me out.
2: I just wish he'd try. Okay. Bring it over, Tutts. And when you do, I'll bet you'll come to the same conclusion I did. That swell husband of yours left you holding the bag. Oh.
9: What are you thinking about?
2: About Erwin. He was a pretty swell guy.
9: Uh Uh-huh. You think Sylvia and Jean did it? Don't you? It's all my fault. I never should have taken them up to the profession in the first place.
2: Well, I don't know, baby. Maybe it would have happened anyway.
9: Well, how could it?
2: Well, you're forgetting one thing, dear. That funeral wreath. Who sent it to me?
9: I did forget. Nick. Nick. Do you think the man who sent it will make another attempt in the professor's life?
2: Oh, 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 not so fast, sweetheart. Now you're assuming that Jean and Sylvia aren't guilty.
9: Darling, don't ask me why, but I'm positive they're not. I'll bet you anything you want that the man who threatened you on the phone is our murderer. There's only one fly in the ointment. How are we going to find out who he is?
2: Hmm. How about your friend, Herkemeyer?
9: The florist? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, he wouldn't know. Remember you asked him.
2: Yes, but maybe if he were prodded, he might come up with a description. What do you say, Nora?
9: You willing to try it? Well, in a case like this, no sacrifice is too great. Step on it, darling. You better wait in the car, Nikki. I think I'll do better by myself.
2: Go ahead, beautiful. But... Don't let him swindle you into taking that wreath back.
9: Oh, don't worry. I'll try to make this quickly as possible, Doctor. All right. Uh, yes, madam? Is
11: there something I can show you? Oh.
9: Hello, Herky. Remember me? I beg your pardon? You delivered a wreath to my apartment last night.
11: Oh! Oh of course (laughs) and and you made me take it back. Uh
9: huh. It was a mistake. Oh, I know it, I know it. You 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 knew what? He had a relapse. He died. No, Mr. Hergemeyer. He didn't die. He didn't? No. See? He's waiting outside in the car. You mean you haven't come for the wreath? No, I I'm sorry.
11: Oh, Mrs. Charles, you simply must take it. Well, you don't know how it upset
9: this entire organization. Why, my brothers and I... ask Dr. Herkimer, couldn't you give it to the man who, who bought it? Well, I, I don't know his name. Was he ever in here before? No. Could you describe him for me? Um, I'm not very good at games. Well, suppose I prompted you. Wouldn't that help? It uh, might. <clears throat> Well, was he tall or short? Uh, short, I think. Oh, now, we're getting somewhere. Did he have any distinguishing marks? Distinguishing marks? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, did he he limp or anything? Oh,
11: now that you mention
9: it, I believe he did. Did what? Uh, limp. Are you sure? Uh, almost. Well, uh, what about the color of his hair? It wasn't red by any chance. Yes. I think you're right. And of course he had a cauliflower ear to match. Uh let me think. Uh cauliflower ear, huh? uh, Mrs. Charles, oh. where are you going? Well, but Herky, you are an awful disappointment. Oh,
11: i oh, Mrs. Charles, you're racing. You're forgetting it. Oh, Mrs. Charles, please. <laughs>
9: Darling, it looks as though we're stymied unless you come up with something brilliant.
2: I don't have to pass, beautiful. All I can suggest is that you phone Sergeant Reynolds and have him post a guard around the professor's apartment. And... Oh, I'll take it. Hello. Hello, Nick. Yes, who's this? It's Jean. Jean, where are you?
11: Never mind, and don't try to trace this call. I'll hang right <laughs> up.
2: Do you know they've locked up Sylvia?
11: Yes, that's why I phoned. You've got to get her out.
2: Well, that's impossible. Now, look, Gene, why don't you come up here and talk to me? I'd like to help you. You
11: expect me to swallow that yarn? I mean it. Well, uh, all right, but don't try any funny stuff. If you tip off the cops, you won't live to regret it.
9: You hear me?
2: Yes, I hear you. When will you be over?
9: Give me a half an hour. Okay. Well, darling. He's coming over. That proves he didn't kill Irwin. Does it? Well, certainly. Otherwise, he'd never put in an appearance.
2: Maybe. Look, honey, will you get Sergeant Reynolds on the wire?
9: Nick, you, you wouldn't do a thing like that.
2: I certainly would. You remember you said if we found the man who threatened me on the phone, we'd have our murderer?
9: I still say it.
2: Well, in that case, the man hunts over. I just heard that same voice again. Nick. Yes, baby. It was Jean. Gene. You got Nick. Relax, Sergeant. Relax. You'll be here. I just hope your boys downstairs don't frighten him away.
11: Uh, I'm very tired, gentlemen. Is it necessary that I remain?
2: I'm afraid so, Professor. That goes.
4: Wait a minute. Help me unroll that rug. Hey, but Rocky, what is. Oh! 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 Mina! Hello, Mr. Jordan. How did you get up here, Mina?
6: I sneaked in the back door. But when I heard those men coming, I ran upstairs and rolled up in the rug. Just like Cleopatra.
4: Oh, yeah. You you were going to tell me all about her.
6: Nursie told me. Did you know that Cleopatra hid in a rug once when she wanted to get in to see Caesar?
4: She was up here all the time, Rocky. You're a brave girl, Mina. Now tell me, weren't you at Sakara Bay's house?
6: Yes. A loud noise woke me up last night. Nursie wasn't there and I was scared. So I put on my dress and sneaked out the window. Mother told me to wait for her here.
4: Oh, sure she did. But where have you been all this time?
6: Well, I guess I got kind of lost. But then somebody showed me where the Café Tambourine was.
4: Mina, how long has Deborah been your nurse?
6: Always, I guess. She came back to Egypt with Daddy and me.
4: Did she like your mother?
6: Well, not very much. But when Mother came to get me...
4: Go on, Mina. Deborah helped your mother get you out of Sakara Bay's house that first time, didn't she? Why?
6: I I'm not supposed to tell. Oh,
4: but it's all right now. Did your mother give Deborah something?
6: Yes. Where is Mother? Isn't she coming back?
4: I think maybe she is, Mina. Very soon. Get her something to eat, huh, Chris? Then have her sleep.
3: Sure, Rock. Are you going out again?
4: Yeah. And for the first time I know where. I made sure the back door was locked this time and then spun my car out onto the Cairo streets. Things had suddenly started dropping into place. A lot of things. If I was right, it wouldn't be long till I had all the answers and the killer of Sakara Bay. <laughs>
3: In just a moment, Rocky Jordan returns to
0: conclude. Empty, dear. Okay, Nora. Will you open the door, please. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh dear. There's a young man in there. Um, are you going to be here long? Huh? Uh, are you going to stay here? He's climbing to the ceiling.
5: Is uh, he? Mm-hmm. Oh, listen. God it.
0: Uh, really? Chicago
5: style. Mike fix.
0: What's he talking, Mickey? Basic English. Oh, this is going to kill me. What, kill me? Oh, well, would you mind dying outside the booth? We'd like to play some records. Listen. Just listen.
2: Are you sure he's all right? He's twitching.
0: Oh, well, I think that's what they call being sent, dear. Are you being sent, young man? Sent? I'm being delivered.
5: Oh, listen to this.
0: It's murder.
5: Well, thank you. Do you like that record you just played? Oh, it's terrible. Corny. So commercial. Are those the records you want to hear? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the matter with them? Oh, long hairs. Why don't you get out of your long underwear?
0: So long. Hey, was that an insult? No, dear. No, just a uh, jive talk. Play one of our records. Okay, okay darling. Hey, no, what's well, got the bucket? Oh, I don't know, darling, but it sounds to me like some new kind of girdle. Uh, sit down, dear. Hey, what kind of stuff is that? Beethoven's romance, dear. It's about time you develop a taste for good music. What's the matter with my taste? I like to see everything Dinah Shore You should learn to appreciate the higher forms, dear.
5: Oh, here you are, oh,
0: Mr. Bailey. Nicky, I want you to meet Mr. Benjamin Bailey, the proprietor of the Cadenza record shop.
5: Pleased to meet you, Mr. Charles. Oh, you do. Just call me Beethoven funny like everybody else does. Mm-hmm. Well, Mr. Charles, shall I start lecturing at him? Oh, please, Benny. You know, is this some kind of a plot? Uh-huh. For Mr. Charles, now he's listening to a hunk of music called Romance by Ludwig von Beethoven, which is written in Andante. Which means not too fast, but don't fall asleep, you get? It?
2: Hey, Benny, where'd you learn about music?
5: Oh, in my youth, I was a first player in the Sing Sing Philharmonic Orchestra.
7: Now, you take that album
5: there. Chostakovich's Sixth Symphony. Chostakovich was influenced by Prokofiev, Stavinsky, Rachmaninoff, Brimsky, Korsakov, Glazanov, and Tchaikovsky. So what happens? So Chostakovich makes with the notes, and if you spend an ear. It sounds a little like Pekarthy Evstra, Vinsky, Bachman, and Tchaikovsky. Now, they're not to be confused with Beethoven, Bach, Brahms, Mozart, and Papa Haydn, who are the German school, as against the Russian school. Two nations which are at war today. Which is something to think about, ain't that, Mr. Charles?
0: Oh, oh, yes. Yes, it certainly
5: bears thinking about. Me. But to get along with my suppression, now, Beethoven was carrying the torch for a hot little tomato called Countess Guicciotti. Mm-hmm. Now, hark ye. Had a great file in his buddy Fradkin place. This passage. It's it, sheer perspiration.
7: Uh,
5: well, what's the matter with Freddie? Did he run out of uh, perspiration? No, the record stopped it's Something messed up his phonograph.
7: Oh, won't it go?
2: No, it's dead. Well, let me push it away from the wall, Benny. Well, what killed it, Nikki? Fradkin's
0: plane. Oh, baby. It was murdered. Oh, phonographs don't get murdered. They die natural death. Well, here's the bullet, Nora. It's where it's the murder. Well, now, who'd want to murder a phonograph?
5: Must be some torpedo who hates music.
0: The bullet came through that wall.
2: There's the hole. It, what's on the other side of this wall, Benny?
5: Another boat like this. There's just a thin partition of expensive soundproof junk between the boats. Someone in that other booth fired that bullet. Come on. I bet it's one of my competitors trying to ruin my business. Well, there's the door to
0: the other booth. <coughs>
7: Oh!
2: Steady, baby. Oh, but
0: Mickey. Look, that woman.
2: Benny, turn off that record. All right.
0: Uh, it, is she dead?
2: Uh-huh. Three bullet wounds in the head. Benny, you better call the police. Yeah,
0: I'll phone right now. Mickey. Do you think the killer's still around?
2: No, darling. If he was smart enough to turn on that record to cover the noise of the shot, he's smart enough to make a quick getaway.
0: He must be a very queer killer, dear. He left his lipstick behind. Well, what do you mean? This lipstick I just found. It's called, um, Passion Smear. Oh, but that probably belongs to the court. Uh-uh. It's a different shade. You see? They don't match her lips. Yeah.
2: Hey, listen, all. you wait here. Where are you going? I Go want to speak
0: to headquarters. This looks like
2: a case for Inspector Gallagher. I'll be back in a minute.
0: Hmm. I wonder if. Oh, I didn't notice that before. This is interesting. Nikki, did you. Oh, who turned off the lights? Oh, then go with me. Let's go.
7: Tell me, somebody will the her.
5: Some people is very thoughtless. With all the record shops in town, that dame had to pick my joint to get murdered. Don't you worry, Benny. You'll get a lot of free publicity. Hey. Where you running, Nick? The light in the booth is out. Come on. Where's that switch?
2: There's a light. Noah. Is she cooked, too? (coughs) No, she's coming, too, now. Oh, baby.
0: Oh, oh, Nick.
2: Benny, turn off that record. Noah, are you all right?
0: Mm. As soon as both of you get together, Nicky, I'll be fine. Oh. Oh, I've been robbed. What's missing? The handkerchief I found. It it, it was under her body. It was a man's handkerchief. Now it's gone.
2: Well, the police will be very interested to find out about this.
0: Well, aren't you interested?
2: Oh, now, darling, for once, just once, can't we mind our own business?
0: Mr. Beethoven Benny, if your wife was attacked by a fiend while a record played St. James Infirmary, would you stand by and do
5: I don't know. I ain't got a wife. Oh.
0: Well, then, if, if, if you had me for a wife.
5: In that instance, I would find a jack, what's it and tear him apart with my teeth. Oh, thank you, Benny. Well, Nick. Ain't you got no trouble in your store, Mr. Charles? Has the knighthood that was once in flower and now become a stinkweed?
2: <clears throat> well, when you put it like that, uh, give me your purse, you?
0: Here, dear. Oh. Uh, has she got anything interesting in it? Uh-huh. A pair of nylons? Nylons? Oh. oh. Oh, give me, give me. Darling, you just got to find the person who murdered her. I want to thank him.
5: Nick told me you found a lipstick. That would make the murder a woman. It couldn't have been
2: a woman, Benny. Or she'd have taken the nylon for herself. Yeah, I'm afraid it was a man, Benny. Look at this letter. Dear Margaret, meet me in booth four, Cadenza record shop, 5.30 p.m. We'll settle this matter once and for all. So I'm Hmm, It's quite another expensive stationer. What's her full name, dear? The envelope says Mrs. Martin Curtis. She's married to the guy who wrote that note. Do you know where he lives? It's in her address book. Martin Curtis, 2065 West 86th Street. Nick, you think it's a crime of passion? Uh,
0: With her figure, Benny, it has to be. Let's go, Mickey.
2: Isn't home, Try the door. Mm-hmm. It's open.
0: Come in, darling. Hey, look at the floor. Racing forms and old dress shirts scattered all over. Dear, do you think Martin Curtis is a gambler?
2: Racing forms and dress shirts mean only one thing. He's a musician. Let's see what's in the dresser.
0: Mm-hmm. More racing forms. What's this, darling?
2: Clarinet, Reed, and here's something. Discharge papers from Sing Sing Prison. Seems Marty did quite a stretch there. Sing Sing?
0: Why, why that's Beethoven Benny's alma mater. Yeah,
2: he may be mixed up in this, too. Well, what have you got then? Marty's address book. I'm mean, going to keep it. Maybe may be helpful.
0: Let's have a look in the bedroom. Uh, I don't think there's anything in there but more racing horns.
7: <gasps>
0: Get oh. them up. Well, please. You also. Now, don't be a stubborn goop or I'll shoot. Do as she says, Mickey. Well, all right. Oh, thank you so much. I don't like to kill people. It's so
7: unfriendly. Um,
0: are you wearing, a um, passion smear lip rouge? Oh, yes. Yeah. Do you like it? It's just my shade, and don't you come any closer. You'd,
2: uh, better give me that gun. Don't
0: be ridiculous. Now, you be nice, or I'll thrill you.
2: <laughs> I'm afraid you're not the type. I'll take the gun.
0: No. You see? I am the type. Oh, let go
7: of my hand. Let go. Stop that Mickey, guy. don't you
0: dare hurt that poor girl. My hand.
2: Make him stop. Oh. OK. I've got the gun now.
0: Didn't any of my bullets hit
2: you? No. I'm afraid your aim isn't very good. Who are you?
0: Patricia Gardner. She's telling the truth, dear. That's the name on a letter in her purse. Who are you? Oh. Well, I'm Nora Charles, and this is my husband, Nick. Mr. Nora Charles? Oh, I've always admired you so much. Your husband is just as handsome as people say. You're cute, too, Nora. Oh, well, thank you. Darling, look at this letter I found in a postman. Well, what does it say? Um, unless you come through with $10,000 in cash, you know what will happen to you. This is your last warning. Pat, when did you get this? Today. That's why I took the gun.
2: Have you got 10 grand? Of
0: course. When Daddy died, Daddy left me millions. Why did you come here? Why'd you? To see Marty. Why? Well, I want to marry him. Well, did you know that he was already married? What? Marty married? He never told did me. Did you know that his wife was murdered in the Cadenza music shop today? No. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes everything simpler. He won't have to divorce his wife then. Pat, well, where'd you get this done? Oliver
6: gave it to me as a birthday present. Who's Oliver? Oliver Sawyer. He's a senior at Columbia, majoring in abnormal psychology. He thinks I have interesting traumas in wants to marry
0: me.
2: Is um, this your lipstick?
0: Uh, yes, could you get it? it?
2: was lying next to the body of Mrs. Martin Curtis.
0: I, I didn't kill her. I swear I didn't. Were you in
2: that music shop?
0: I won't tell you another thing.
2: Pat, did you know Martin Curtis was an ex-convict? Uh,
0: yes. Yeah. He told me about that. He's still on parole. But I don't care. I love him. Uh,
2: Nora, will you um, write a few words on that typewriter, for you? All right, dear. Pat, what else did uh, Martin tell you about himself?
0: Well, he was afraid of someone he knew in Sing Sing. Oh,
2: why?
0: He said that this person could send him back to jail.
2: Was this person named Benny Bailey? Well,
0: yes. How did you know? Here, Nicky. The typewriter isn't very good.
2: Yeah. But it's
0: just what I
2: thought. The letter we found in Mrs. Curtis' purse and this threat letter that Pat has were both typed on the same machine. What do you say to that, Pat?
0: You mean Marty? No, I don't believe it. It can't be true. Pat, was the Oliver in the Cadenza music shop this afternoon? Yes. He called me and told me to meet him there.
2: Then you were there, too.
0: Of
6: course, silly. How could I see him if I wasn't there? Oh.
0: Oh, but what am I saying? Oh, dear. Pat, why don't you tell us the truth about all this? All right. May I have a good cry on your husband's shoulder first? Mm-hmm. Use the right shoulder, dear. It's less bumpy. Oh, I'm
7: such a
0: dope. Oh, dear. There, now, Pat. Let go of my head. Watch it, Nicky. Just try and twist that yeah. gun out of your hand. No, Pat. You can't get away with it. I've got the gun back now. Oh, no, she bit me. Get your hands up. and move we'll back to the bedroom. I'm going to lock you in. Go on. This time I won't miss. Come, Missy.
2: Hey, where'd you learn to bite guns out of people's hands fast?
0: I heard Nora do it on one of your radio programs. Here's the key. Toodle-oo. Hmm.
3: Tommy, By Gomer Cool and Larry Roman. Stars Jack Moyles in the title role with Jay Novello as Sam Sabaya. Original music is composed and conducted by Richard Aran. Rocky Jordan is produced and directed by Cliff Howell. Remember, you have a date next week at the Café Tambourine, same time, same station. And the story is... The Dead Colleen. Tomorrow, why not make dessert easy, thrifty, and popular with everybody? Make it Del Monte peach halves, mellow, tender, and juicy rich in summer orchard flavor. That's Del Monte, the best-liked brand of peaches in the whole wide world. Bob Stevenson speaking. Rocky Jordan is presented over CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.